I'm Rebecca Garrett-Pace. I'm Mitchell Boone, and you're listening to The Day After Sunday. A brief but nerdy conversation about yesterday's worship at White Rock United Methodist Church. We talk about what caught our attention, stories we forgot to tell, and ways that we saw the Holy Spirit moving among us. Good morning, Rebecca. Good morning, Mitchell. How are you? Sleepy. Stayed up too late. (laughs) You did? Waiting for those Iowa caucus returns. Oh, yeah. How'd that work out for you? Not well. Yeah. Poor just, form, Iowa. I re- <laughs> Hold careful. You have you have a spouse and we have a, a staff member who will take issue with that. Well, we also have a special guest on the pod this morning. We do. She's not going to talk, but she's she's your the office dog. The I'm office really hoping dog. that she comes to, to work with you more often. Hava, the office dog. She's, she's the great. best. She's the best. You're the best dog. She's just looking at me. <laughs> she's been pets. kind of she's been kind of like upset about y'all's move, right? Yeah. Just sort of like needing some extra some well, extra comfort. I think she would prefer to be in her favorite spot at the house on the couch, but we are uh we're selling our house, so there are people in and out of oh, it sure. all the time. Yeah. So she's coming up here. She's probably like, Why are we in a closet? <laughs> but here we yeah, are. Yeah, we're in Dexter's office. Dexter's office. Doubling as a podcast studio. Yeah, and we're recording on a Tuesday because yesterday we were at a worship design retreat, a day retreat over in Richardson at the retreat house. Shout out to Lil Smith. Lil Smith. Yeah, it was a beautiful Dr. space. Dr. Lil Smith. Yeah, it was yeah, uh, really, really cool. helpful. Had you ever been there before? I have never. I hadn't either. No. It's really close to where we live, though. So I actually, if I don't want to come in all the way to the office, I might go work there sometimes. It's you really should. nice space. Yeah really peaceful so yeah so we got we got some planning done some design done through um lent and into the summer we have some good stuff on the horizon yeah um what's your favorite series that's coming up uh well i mean i always love lent because it's so multifaceted and it's so like um rich but actually the the series you floated yesterday um was really cool i think you're gonna i think we're gonna call it yeah that's not in the bible yeah, that's not the Bible. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, we'll talk about more of that later, but yeah. it's exciting. It's going to be good. We have other fish to fry today because we, we're... Talking about something that is in the Bible. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, right? Which is, yeah. I I don't know what you what where your headspace was on Sunday, but um, Sunday was was a, not an easy Sunday for me. It's not. It was not an easy day for me. It was yeah, a it was lot a of little. Day. Yeah, it was a long day. It was a lot of little things, and I think I was, um, I think I was feeling like empathizing with the congregation because I know we have several people who have quite a bit of baggage with the story yeah. of Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah, um, rightly so. And for so sure. I think I was feeling that for them and with them. And then and, some logistical and stuff. Just, flared yeah, out. logistical yeah. things. Some some tech went wrong and. We were, of course, we're still in the middle of winter, so people were getting sick. So I don't know. It was it was a little bit of a hard day for me, but worship really did still manage to break through for me. And I hope for others as well to kind of um, provide some space, provide some hope. Yeah, I was on Facebook the other day and I saw a memory pop up and I, it was from seven years ago. Mm. And I was um, plugging a sermon that I was going to be preaching on the woman at the well. And I said it may or may not be uh, the best sermon I preach, but the best thing actually happens after my sermon, which is communion. So come. And, (laughs) you know, I always feel like communion allows us to kind of have a purpose, even if we feel disengaged or maybe kind of 
overwhelmed, overwhelmed yeah. or like frantic or mm-hmm. communion's very uh, it takes a lot of pressure off the preacher mm-hmm. at least it does for me because i think to myself well if the, if you know if the best thing they get at worship mm-hmm. isn't the music it is, and it isn't the sermon if the best thing they get is a, is communion then that's that's always going to be the best thing, and mm. that's awesome. And yeah, and so I don't know. Communion Sundays always just feel less stressful because I don't feel like I have to do something more to kind of make up for that space. Mm. And that's interesting. The text itself was just so challenging that <laughs> I mean, sodomy is not a uh, is not a fun topic to right. to spend a week trying to figure out what to say. Yeah, um, and I think the music did a really good job of uh, balancing the service because. Um, uh, while I preached, um, a, my sermon was shorter than I thought. Um, I felt like I was preaching on Sunday and I thought it was kind of heavy. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, you did a great job balancing the kind of tone. And yeah. I think like we've talked about this a lot yeah. internally, but you're just, you're good at that of like making sure that we're not pushing on the gas too hard from from a music standpoint and a sermon and the liturgy and the prayers. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely is. Um, for me, it's always the whole picture. Um, that's why one of the, one of the things I appreciate about what we do here and a lot of churches I've worked in, um, is that we call it, you know, worship design or worship worship series, series, not a sermon series because it is much more encompassing. And yesterday, yeah, I was very intentional. I talked to the folk band about this, um, as part of our preparation for worship too, is um, some Sundays the hymns are meant and chosen to lead us into a challenging place. Right. Um, specifically, Advent did yeah, that a lot. We're much more likely to sing something that we disagree with than listen to some listen to a preacher say something that we usually. Yeah, I mean, I'm that we disagree with. I'm a big proponent in you know uh, encouraging people to experience new texts. Um, my favorite way to do it is like an old tune in a new text mm-hmm. because it is still that like dose of familiarity that they right. can get, you know, get behind. But yesterday, no, I really felt strongly that um, there was going to be enough challenge to go mm. around. And so I did. I chose the music to lift up and to tie together and and bind us together. Yeah. So it was a mixture um, of music with communion imagery Right. And uh, music with a, a unity, a unifying imagery. Right. Um, and we did a lot of Mark Miller stuff, which right. you know is, you know, he's a personal friend of mine. He's a wonderful composer. Um, many of you have probably seen him in action, even if you don't know it, because he leads a lot of our like annual conference music and stuff right. like that sometimes. Um, fantastic musician. He's like sickeningly good at piano. He can just sit down and play anything. Yeah. Um, but we did a lot of his music yesterday because I think that gets to the heart of um, clearing aside the the clutter and the things that we can intellectually disagree on and then coming back to how are we united? How are we um, still called to support each other? Um, yeah. So One Bread, One Body, the song Welcome, you know, woven into Christina's prayer. And draw, then, of course, yeah, that, which is kind of our theme song. I think that would make Mark happy. I think so. I hope so. I imagine Draw yeah. the Circle Wide as many churches things. Yeah, so. right. I would it's, hope so. It's really, really singable. But yeah, so I mean, I think um, your sermon was was <laughs> rich, and uh, and yet it was approachable, I think. I I really appreciated specifically your uh, wooden puzzle imagery where you started. My mom uh, watched the sermon on uh, Facebook, 
and she was and she came over last night and was watching Cash, and she, she was like, yes, it is a puzzle, Mitchell. I did buy you a puzzle. <laughs> it was in a box. I just took it out of the box, and I put it in your stock. Oh, okay. But there were no instructions. You still didn't get instructions. No, she didn't give me any instructions. Maybe the, do puzzles come with instructions, though? Uh, I don't know. I don't, I'm not a puzzle person. Puzzles annoy me. You don't do puzzles? Me. No. Puzzles frustrate me. So anyway. Rubrics cubes really frustrate me. So, so if, if, um, if you weren't in worship, uh, my sermon will be on this podcast channel. I can't speak to the uh, video, uh, whether that's on Facebook or not. For some reason, a bunch of our videos disappear yeah, over time. Yeah, disappear. So I'm going to, we'll, we'll get to the we'll bottom of that. We'll look into that. But um, so if you can't see it, what we're talking about is a, it's a wooden puzzle that has like several prongs, uh, dowels, uh, pieces. That, <laughs> pieces, that, I think, is that, the word you're that looking that for. looks like a... Uh, it looks like, you know, a, like 3D a 3D snowflake. Star. Yeah, or yeah, snowflake. Yeah. And um and I and I was talking about how if all week I've been like trying to pull on different um pieces of this wooden puzzle at the same time in hopes to like break it apart. You were it, hoping that there was some sort of like secret unlocking mechanism. Like if you chose right. the right two dowels to, to pull at the same time that it would like right. unlock or something. And 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 I referenced that um up against the the text because well I think ultimately we do this a lot, especially maybe as more um, as progressive readers of of the Hebrew Bible, Old Testament. We um, we tend to try to position text different differently than our um, fundamentalist and uh, literalist friends, and so we end up pulling on the same uh, text, but mm-hmm. in opposite ends, mm-hmm. and we can become obsessed with trying to like solve it yeah, so exactly. that we convince them that we are right and they are wrong. And I really like being right. <laughs> and, um, and when we do that, we really diminish the text because a text is not, um, a counterweight. I said this in my sermon, yeah. it's not a counterweight to the to uh, literalist arguments and agendas, it's a plumb line for ourselves. And when we um, really allow the text to, exi- you know, be, to work be, on us, to work on us, yeah. we realize that we are indeed all sodomites, which was uh, probably the first and only time um, I'll ever call it a whole <laughs> church sodomites, but uh, it seemed to fit on Sunday. But listen to the sermon to get the full context. Yes. Um, I was about to say, when you said you love being right, I was about to say, well, who doesn't? Like, have you ever met somebody who loves being wrong? But actually, I I met, I went to seminary with a person who I, I think really did love being wrong. It was very odd. It was, they sought out arguments with people that they knew disagreed with them vehemently. And it was, it was stressful. It was a, it was a stressful uh, way to Sounds interact. Sounds like that person's just a troll. <laughs> I, maybe, I don't know. Maybe they um, were just uh, playing with us, but. Yeah, I, d- I think we all like being right, and I think we become addicted to it. And um, and then I said, thing I, the one thing I like more than being right is not being wrong, right? Which I think is very different, right? Wrong That's true. carries a bunch of shame, yeah. I think with it, and right carries this kind of victorious nature. And right, yeah, being rightness leads to um, like a a better than. There's yeah. there's more than just being a victorious person. It's like right. there's a pride and there's a righteousness to totally. it, um, which as an Enneagram one, I do struggle with. Yeah. I think um, I see I walk into a room and I see what's wrong and right. I want to fix it. And if I'm able to fix it, then there's a temptation to feel better than. Right. Um, but yeah. but by contrast, I am the most critical of myself. And so, you right. know, I, I think with like with scripture, there's. 
there's a temptation to think you can unlock the right way to read it. Um, and then and then you use that to win arguments. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And, on both sides. I mean, I've been sides. in conversations totally. on both sides of that, and it is equally miserable. Totally. Um, I enjoy it, but it's not productive <laughs> because, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah, it's just not about homosexuality. Um, there are plenty of, not plenty, there are a few texts that are, mm-hmm. um, but Sodom and Gomorrah is not one of them. I really thought it was helpful. I had not ever examined just right in a row, boom, 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 with the Ezekiel, what was it, 16? Yep. And then Luke 10. Yep. Um, I knew that that Sodom is referenced in other parts of the Bible, right. um, but I did not ever connect the dots. They were always referencing it will be worse for that town than Sodom right. because they were inhospitable. That was just right. really interesting um, to think about for me. Yeah. Yeah, the text just is about radical inhospitality mm-hmm. and um, and how we use power and, and the willingness – to abuse folks. Mm-hmm. There was a really interesting line in the, t- in the text that I really wanted to preach on, but I just, I couldn't get it all in. Um, when they tell, so, so if you don't know the story and, and it catch you up, right. Lot is uh, welcomes some angels into uh, his home, which are companions of God. Uh, they're kind of scouting out the city before God destroys it. The town, uh, the men of the town uh, gather around Lot's house and demand that uh, Lot allow the, the men in so they may know uh, the, uh, the companions, yeah. which is a, a reference to sexual, uh, it's a reference to sex, but in this particular reference, they're talking about sexual assault mm-hmm. and rape, mm-hmm. honestly, and yeah. power. And, uh, and Lot refuses, offers his daughters, which is really awful, uh, yeah. part of the text. Yeah. And I'm going to link some stuff that'll help us kind of process that in the show notes. But the interesting thing is then they say to Lot, who are you? You're just an essentially you're just an alien. And now you uh, want to play judge. Right. And I thought, man, that like gets to the heart of the matter. Like they can't even um, begin to think that power and agency and authority rest with anyone but themselves. Mm -hmm. And that if anyone's a foreigner, sojourner, stranger in their midst, uh, they have no respect. Mm -hmm. And then and then it gets really convicting when we allow the text to be. be about that. Yeah. Yeah. Heavy. Yeah. And and like every sermon so far in this series, all questions were not answered. Right. <laughs> I mean, that is a long story. Yeah. You stopped about halfway through. Yeah. It gets weirder. It gets worse. It doesn't get worse, actually, but it gets uh, it, it gets weirder. Uh, yeah. It gets weirder. Um, uh, just keep reading. Yeah. And then you have incest. And then. Like, yeah. So it's just right. it's it's. It's hard, yeah. you know. It's it's really hard. It's hard to preach that text in a in a friendly, uh, family friendly mm-hmm. uh, congregation. Mm-hmm. And um, next week, I think um, Abraham and Isaac will be interesting for us. Now, I'll kind of get to this: what do we do with a violent God, and mm-hmm. how do we make sense of that? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I'm not going to reference Sodom and Gomorrah, and I'm not going to reference the flood. But my hope is that we can get to a place where we understand what's happening in the story and yeah. how we're project the authors are often projecting onto God what is uh their own understanding of violence. Yeah. You sir yeah. And certainly we hope that those of you listening to this podcast and just all of our congregation can begin to to thread the needle and draw some lines for themselves. You know? Like again, coming back to totally. there's not a right way to read scripture. What our hope is, what my hope is that you know, something in a song or something in the call to worship or something in Mitchell's sermon will 
ignite, you know, a thought that you want to carry through and you want to take to God and say like, Hey, what are you trying to show me through this? Um, and just, you know, slowly sort of let go of, uh, do we read the Bible right? Do we read the Bible enough? Do we read the Bible in the right light and just sort of dive into the text and see where it takes us? Yeah. Um, there's no right way to read scripture. Um, but there are some really good practices practices yeah. to help us read yeah, scripture, yeah. which Absolutely. is mainly in community too. Well, and, and just one more thing about like the whole balance of the story or the whole balance of worship on Sunday was um, the first scripture we read was um, that Mandy brought to life really well was uh, the first New Testament scripture we've had in three weeks. Which is a record. It is a record. Here. Yeah. Um, because I, uh, you've been in Genesis. Yeah, and I all and and I default to preaching the uh, the gospels. The gospels. Yeah, but it was interesting. Like I chose that that First Corinthians text because too it it does not talk about who is right and who is wrong. It talks about right. there are divisions among you, and it should not be so. You need to yeah. find unity. Right. And it's just so powerful for me because I have you know friends and family members that I'm convicted. I need to find unity with them. I don't right. have that right now. Right. So. Onward and upward, Abraham and Isaac. Abraham and Isaac next week. And, and man, this series has gone ladder. fast. And we get to talk about dreams. Jacob's Ladder, yeah. And then Transfiguration Sunday. Then And then Lent starts. And then Lent starts. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It'll be great. It's going to be great. All right. We'll see you all next week. Say bye, Hava. You're listening to a podcast recorded at White Rock United Methodist Church in the heart of East Dallas. For more information, you can find us at wrumc.org. And make sure you stay subscribed to this channel to stay up to date with all of our content.